0: We are in a series of messages here at Grace called Light of the World, where we're learning the significance of uh, Christ's light in our lives and Him radiating that light through our lives to the world around us. I want to thank uh, Brian Coyle for bringing the message last week, gave me a chance to get a week ahead as I'm preparing for Christmas myself, uh, and to kind of s- start off this series. You know, Thanksgiving was a little late this year, wasn't it? So, I mean, we're already crunched. Can you guys believe, like, two weeks from now, we're already going to be at Christmas time. Can you believe that? So how many of you have got your Christmas shopping already done? One hand might go up. Two? Okay. I haven't even started yet, so we have a long ways to go. Well, just a little over a week ago, I was actually in Taos, New Mexico, for Thanksgiving. I wanted somewhere to go, and I had a friend there who had just been, um, been chosen to be the monk of a new Catholic monastery there. And this friend of mine I hadn't been able to see since he got this going, so I wanted to go out there and visit him and to spend Thanksgiving there, and I arrived there just the night before Thanksgiving as they were preparing this meal, and I thought, well, maybe I'd just jump in and help them out. And I was a little surprised when this friend of mine, who is the head or the, the abbot of this new monastery, looked around at all the monks and said, who will go get Uncle Irving? And I thought Uncle Irving was maybe one of the older monks that they just hadn't brought in yet to help get the meal done, and I realized Uncle Irving was the name of the turkey that was going to be served the next day. Well, uh, that's a little interesting. They've already named the turkey we're eating tomorrow. Um, I thought it was a little funny, but what was even more funny was when I saw them all these grown men trying to figure out by themselves how to cook a turkey. I mean, they had these instructions out. They were reading them and rereading them over and over again, trying to figure out how to do. But they were stuck on the first step of preparing the turkey, which is, as you might know, somebody has to reach into the thing, into the cavity... Right, and pull out all the gizzards and the guts and all that stuff. And so they kept rereading these instructions, thinking that somehow God was going to magically make that happen. Because none of them wanted to touch the thing, let alone reach inside. And so they're arguing back and forth on who's, who outranks who and who's going to actually stick their hand in there. And then they look at me. And they're like, well, pastor, you're the pastor. So I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? I'm not going to be giving this thing counseling or pastoral care or anything. But they convinced me to stick my hand in there, and I'm not kidding. This old monk, 82 years old, is not next to me, but behind me with a flashlight shining it into the cavity (laughs) to make sure that that I got everything. You know, it is funny, the things that we can be scared of these days, right? I mean, think about it. Is there anything that you're afraid of today that you might think is just a little bit irrational? Or maybe there's some things that are rational, but you just learn over time that you need to trust God with these things. You know, people are scared of a lot of things these days. But one constant thing, a consistent thing that people tend to be scared of is the dark, a fear of the dark, right? I mean, we can have 20-20 vision, but uh, that doesn't do any good when it's black-dark outside. So for kids... There's this fear, and I remember when I was a kid, maybe you do as well of the boogeyman, that, 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 that thing that hides out under the bed or in the closet, right, that you can't see. And then we get a little bit older, and we are, we're afraid to go out alone at, at, in the dark because of crime and what might happen if we're out by ourselves. And then we get even older still, and we're afraid to go out uh, and be in the dark because we're afraid we might stumble and fall because we can't see where we're going. Here, these days in, in the Southwest at night, we're afraid of the dark because we're afraid we might, uh, when we're out in the dark, we might run into a javelina and won't know what to do. Or we might step on a, a tarantula or a scorpion of something, right? Or, heaven forbid, a, a rattlesnake, especially. I mean, I used to live in Phoenix, and Phoenix was in perpetual daylight all the time because there's so many streetlights all over the city, right? Was, there was never dark in Phoenix. But here, because of the telescopes, it actually gets dark at night, right? when uh, when there's no moon out. And we have to be careful because one rattlesnake bite is dangerous and it's costly and I have heard it is quite painful. With each of these things, it isn't the actual darkness that we're afraid of, right? But it's the things that we can't see. The things that we don't know or understand are around us. We think that might be there just around the corner that bring us fear. As humans... We are naturally wired to fear the things that we're not able to see or to understand, aren't we? I mean, it's a, it's a protective mechanism, I suppose. It's the way we tend to get through a lot of things in life. But as we're going to see today in Psalm 27, we don't have to live our lives in fear. Because God's plans are never hindered by our lack of understanding or our lack of ability to see what lies ahead. The, our big idea today is this, while we naturally are fearful of the things that we can't see or understand, through faith we don't have to live in fear, because the God we know sees and understands all. Let's look at this morning, it's Psalm chapter 27. We just heard it read when the Advent candle was lit, but I'm just going to read to you the first three verses of that passage again this morning to kind of get us refocused. In Psalm 27, verse 1, David starts by saying, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I stumble? Or why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. This passage, as I said, was written by King David. And he, he starts out by reminding us that God is our light. The one who sees all and has the power to protect and to save us. The association of God with light is a theme that is all throughout Scripture. And it even starts with creation. God, who was the creator of light, is described in the Scriptures, as light. And he has ultimate control over all darkness. Another of David's psalms, Psalm 139, actually says that no darkness can hide anything from God because he sees through it all. You know, there's a couple of notable things that we, we learn today about uh, light. Light signifies a couple of things. Number one, light signifies God's presence. You know, since the beginning of time, God's presence has been described in terms of light, right? God appeared to Moses in a burning bush. God, as God led Moses and the Israelites through the desert, through the wilderness, they were guided at night by a pillar of fire, a light to guide their way. When we, are, when we were lost in the darkness, Christ came as the light of the world, and it was marked by a star that was so bright that people were people followed it for miles and miles to the place where Christ was laid darkness exists only where god chooses to limit himself because god is everywhere right god is omnipresent the bible describes the fullness of god's presence in heaven as a light it, 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 god, that god is actually the source of all light in heaven where god is there's is light God chose to limit himself, the the light of his presence, so that we wouldn't be overwhelmed by it and we could choose to follow God or not. But for millennia, God's presence has been marked by light. Lighting a candle, even to this day, is used as a visual reminder of God's presence being here in this moment. Light also, in addition to signifying God's presence, it signifies God's truth. I mean, think about it. Um what does it mean to be enlightened or to shed light on something? It means to understand truth. Right? It means to see the truth and to understand it. Psalm 119 says that God's word, his truth is a lamp. It's a light to guide us. As we look at the rest of Psalm 27, we see that David reminds us all that the Lord being our light means that we have no need to fear. Number one, because it says in verse 3 that there are times when people attack us and we might even think that people, people are getting the best of us. But we choose to remember the truth of God that we are under His care. That He sees us. And that our lives are utterly in His hands. We also see... Um, David, that David encourages us in verse 4 to make um, staying close to God, staying in His presence, a priority. And to verse 8, it says, to stay in close communication, in close relationship to God at all times. And lastly, we see that David asks for God's help in living differently from the world around him to follow the light of God's path in Psalm 27, 11. And in verse 14, it reminds us that even when it feels like things are dark around us, to, to wait patiently for the Lord. To not be fearful, but to be brave and to be courageous. You know, this time of year, we tend to go up in the attic or wherever we have st- our garages and we start pulling out all the boxes with the Christmas stuff, right? We pull out the Christmas trees, the, the strings of lights, that we wrap around the trees to decorate them, to illuminate them. We put candles in our windows to lighten them. To, we put wreaths on our doors. But we also, I think, bring our fears at times into the holidays, don't we? Our fears of the unknown. Our fears of losing loved ones or fears of relationships that we may never get restored or fixed or mended. We bring into the Christmas season sometimes fears of our employment, our jobs, that wondering whether those jobs will be present in the new year or not. Or if we're retired, whether or not our nest egg will last us long enough. There are fears of loneliness fears, or fears that those who attack us or tear us down will somehow succeed. We can have fears of failure or fears that the darkness of the world around us in some way might win might get the best of us in some way. David reminds us that in all of these things, in all of these fears, that the Lord is our light and our salvation. He lights our paths with all of its unexpected twists and turns. And God saves us from any dark circumstances that might derail derail God's will for our lives. We see that in the Christmas story, right? In in the fear we see that God the God of light comes and doesn't let darkness have the last word. We see in the story of Joseph as he is fearing the rejection of those around him as people are wondering, he's going to get married to this woman named Mary who's I mean she's pregnant and is this is this is this pregnancy is this baby his? I've heard it isn't even his. And so there's this fear of rejection that he has. What if I follow through with this. And then we see this fear on Mary's side the fear of the unknown. Wondering what will it be like to raise a child to be the savior of the world no pressure there right mom to be the light of the world and she's thinking about this and God reassures each one of them Mary and Joseph through the angels to not be afraid that they can trust the will of God for their lives no matter how uncertain their futures might appear to be. Mary says, God shows mercy from generation to generation to all those who fear and revere him. In other words, those who don't fear their circumstances. Jesus' birth as the light of the world also led King Herod to fear the unknown, right? But he didn't trust God in his fears. And it led to nothing more than more fear, more darkness, more violence, more unknowns. You know, I was telling you a little bit earlier about my friend who was this, uh, who's just been appointed to be the leader of this new Catholic monastery in Taos, New Mexico. Well, earlier this year, as I was there, he was telling me the story about what had happened to him in this past year as God called him to take a stand against some serious injustice And God called him to take a stand, to speak up and to not fear. I mean, the circumstances that he was under at that time were unimaginable. More than I I thought someone like a monk would ever face. They were extremely dangerous circumstances for him. He thought that he might actually be homeless within a matter of weeks as a result of speaking up. And it would have been far easier for him to just keep his mouth shut, to mind his own business. But he felt in that moment... If I'm not able to trust God now, then what am I doing giving my life to serve God in the first place? And God provided. God used this experience to bless him far beyond what he could have ever imagined. And because of his courage, others stood up and trusted God without fear as well. Now, I have to tell you, this guy is still scared to death of turkey guts. He is. But he is a better man of God today and those who are around him are as well because he learned to lean into his fears rather than running away from them. Yeah, I don't know what you're afraid of today. I do know that we all face fears in this life, every single one of us. What uncertainties do you face today that scare you the most? What are those unknowns that are out there that just trouble you? sometimes at night, because you don't know what the future holds. The unknowns that seem dark, where the answers are hard to see. Today, God reminds us that we do not need to fear, because God sees all the answers. In these moments, we can fear the darkness, the uncertainty of our future and the the world that is around us, We can keep our heads down and we can try to follow the safe route on our own, living in fear, but hoping we can just get through another day. Or we can choose to live like Mary, to choose to live like Joseph or David of old and know that the Lord is my light and my salvation. And because of that, I have no reason in this life to fear. Nothing, nothing can stand against us. Grace, you have some difficult, uncertain paths before you as well in 2020 as you get ready to go through a season without a lead pastor. And you don't know where that's going to lead in this coming year. I'll say it again. We may not be able to see or to understand the paths we're on sometimes or why things have to happen the way that they do. Our paths are going to get dark and uncertain at times. But does God not see? Does God not know? Does God not understand? Let us choose today, this season, and for our lives to come to not follow Him with fear, but to follow God without fear, drawing closer to Him and waiting patiently for His light to shine and lead our way. Would you pray with me? Lord God, as we each come face to face with our own fears today, well, sometimes those fears can be crippling. They can just keep coming back day after day, year after year. And the uncertainties that lie in front of us, the the darkness, the confusion, the the what-ifs, Lord, can just plague us for so long. Lord, help us to live lives That are not dictated by fear. That aren't dictated by the uncertainties. Or the confusion. The things that we can't see or understand. Help us Lord. To trust you. To walk. In fear and reverence of you. Knowing that you are our light. That you guide our paths. Even when we can't fully see. And Lord may we. As a result of that. Of walking in faith rather than fear. Lord may we shine your light. Into the world around us. And give courage to those who are also living in fear. You Lord are our light. And our salvation. So we choose this day. to not be afraid.